Welcome to the Holy City Church Podcast Station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. Two weeks ago, we talked about, well, we prayed for Alex that he was going to go help a church because there was a, there was a guy who wanted to start up something in the church, uh, start some problem, some, uh, some, some, something he didn't agree with, and he wanted to do something about it. So he went to that church, and we were praying for him. So make sure that nothing bad happens in that church. So it happened that that same day at night, I was reading the news, and there was another church who who had someone go in there and try to kill everybody in there, uh, was was able to take one life. Uh, we're grateful for, for that. There was only one uh, heartbreaking that even happened to be going with. Uh, so as the week goes by, all of a sudden you hear another shooting at a shopping center. And then this week we're, we are, we're disturbed with the news ad. Uh, the same thing happened in the school. Uh, where about right now, I think it's 19 or 20 kids have passed away from from that shooting and to to adults, and and it's heartbreaking to hear stories like that. It's heartbreaking to live in a world where things like this happen, and and I think everybody here, and we're all parents. I'm sure as soon as we heard that, first thing we thought is, what if it was our kid? What if it was my kid? What if that was the school my kid was going to? I remember the next day, uh, uh, and, I, and, and I know some kids in Broward still have school. Our kids finished early. Uh, and I took them on Wednesday, took Adam on Wednesday, because uh, Jocelyn was sick, so she didn't go to school. I took Adam on Wednesday, and, and I was even looking over to see to make sure there was, you know, there were security with guns and everything. Usually I don't do that. It's a Christian school. Uh, I don't have to really worry about that. But that day I went to school looking around, trying to make sure to see if I know that he's safe. And I even told him if something happens, hide in the bathroom. Uh, he thought it was kind of crazy. Why would I hide in the bathroom? I said, just do it. Don't. It's not going to make any sense to you. Just do it. Uh, sit on the, get up on the toilet seat so no one can tell you're there or something. Uh, and then you 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 think and you want to put yourself in the position of those parents, but you can't because those are not your those are not your kids uh so it's hard to really understand what what those families are going through uh but i want to while i was thinking about that it reminded me of of job right you say well that's tough those parents lost somebody they lost their kid right then we look at Job's story, and we know that Job was a blameless, he was upright, he was God-fearing, and he, he, he lived a life that was God-pleasing, and he lived his life for God. He was hardworking, and, and Job had 10 children. He had oh, livestock, a lot of it. He had an abundance of land, a house full of servants. 
and, and he had money. He was a wealthy man. He worked hard. He had a huge family, 10 kids. I mean, the most I got is two. <laughs> so he was very blessed with a lot. Or no one would ever deny that the man called Job was the greatest of all the men of the East, right? If we look at Job chapter 1, verse 1, uh, verse 3. If you go to look at verse 2, he had seven sons, three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large number of servants. There is his job. Job was the greatest man among all people of the East. This was the man who was blessed. This was the man who had everything. He worked so hard. He was a very hardworking man, for therefore he was rewarded. God rewarded Job for his hard work with a big family, with a big field, with everything he ever needed, with wealth. Until that one day, right? He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't calling for it. Definitely didn't wish things would have changed for him. And then that one day, everything came crashing down. He lost his children. Ten. Ten children he lost. He lost everything he had. He even lost his health. I mean, you got to imagine being in his shoes, right? You, you got to at least try to imagine what it would have been like to be Job in a place where you had everything, and then one day you had done. You had nothing. And I think, and I want to think that the hardest thing for Job, as the good man he was, was probably losing his family, losing his kids. I, I, can, I can comfortably say if he was a believer of God, his kids matter more than all his property. So he lost 10 of his kids. And Job says something in verse 20, uh, uh, in, in Job uh, chapter 1, verse 21. Job, Job says in, in this verse, two verses, and he says this, saying, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is how Job responded. That was his response to what happened to him. I mean, I don't know if I can respond like that. I don't know if I would necessarily be able to respond at that time in that moment. It might take me a while to be able to say, okay, I will respond like he did. But this is how Job responded to the fact that he lost his kids, his, his land, his health. And I think right about now, I, I'm, ask, I'm, I'm asking myself, how could anyone handle such a series of grief? How can somebody who went through so much can respond so calmly? 
I mean, we, I, I've, I've seen clips. I haven't been able to go into the full story of what happened this week because, you know, the first time it happens a few years ago, you read about it, and you say, well, this is probably a one-off event. But then you hear about it again, then it happens again, and it happens again. At some point, you almost it's almost hard to, to even want to read it or, or talk about it because of so much pain. But you look at these families of how heartbroken they were when, when, they, when they were trying to find out if the kid was okay, and when they found out that they weren't, it was just, it was, you can see it in their, in their physical reflection of how broken they were inside. But Job lost three, Job lost 10 kids. How can someone who's going through so much grief respond this way? How can he ward off those, that bitterness that could have come with all this or Maybe ignores those thoughts of suicide. And I think there's three basic answers to this. The first one is, is, is right from his own words, right from his own uh, uh, speaking. He confessed his own lack of understanding. Job didn't understand why. He admitted it. He said, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this happened I have no idea. I don't know who God, I don't know what God is thinking. I am not God. I don't know what's happening. He understand that there was more to what his own understanding was. He said, I understand that I don't understand. I know and I confess that I don't know what's happening. I don't have an answer. Sometimes we try to find out why did this happen. We know that as long as we're in this, we live in this world, and this world is a broken world, we know that as long as we live like this, there's going to be evil people. There's going to be evil things. But we try to make understanding of why this happened because we want to make sure it doesn't happen to us. So why did this happen? What can we do? Right? I was talking to my wife. Maybe we should buy. Uh, all of a sudden, they're, they're selling those uh, backpack uh, that are bulletproof or, or bulletproof uh, shields that you can put inside your backpack. But then you're thinking about it. It's like, really? I mean, how can you prepare somebody with that? If the guy is right in front of you, what are you going to do? That's not going to do anything. We try to make sense of what's happening. We try to find something to, to calm ourselves, to, to, I don't know, to make us not be so worried. But there is no explanation. There is no valid reason. We, we don't know why this happened. We don't know what the outcome is. We don't know what's going to come out of this. We don't know. And we have to own that. We have to understand that we just don't know. And I know that's scary not knowing. And Job didn't try to go and find a reason. He just accepted it. As scary as it sounds, we just don't know. Another answer for the way that he, Job responded is that Job claimed God's loving sovereignty. Job understood that God, even though he doesn't know, God knows. God is still in control. God put it all into place. 
God knows what's happening. Nothing is away from God. Nothing is a surprise to God. He knows. He knows the pain that he's going through. He knows the pain that all those families are going through. He knows the pain that we're going through. He knows. Yet he's still in control. We might look at this and say, well, you know what? This is, this is crazy. How can a God allow this to happen? Right? And we go our whole lives trying to answer that question. Why didn't God do something about it? We think that God is not paying attention. He's like, oh, this, he must have not seen this, and therefore he didn't know what to do. God knew. And he's in control. We may not understand it, but he's in control. And the last reason I think he was able to respond in this way was because Job counted on the promise of resurrection. Job understood that if he believed in Christ, that he believed in God, the promise of a Messiah, that he was going to be resurrected. He knew that it was more to just this. He knew that, okay, this is, may not be going the way it should be going, the way I'd like it to be going, but I know there's a better place. I know there's going to be a time where I don't have to deal with this. I know there's going to be a time where, where we don't have to deal with this suffering and this pain. I know that. Job knew there was something much better than what was here. He lost everything. He lost his kids. And we don't have a lot of information about what his kids, if they believe in God, if they didn't believe in God. Maybe they did. And he knew that those who did believe in God, he knew who was going to be reunited with them. So, so he knew there was more to this than this. We know those kids are innocent kids who, who don't quite understand everything. They, we know that these kids are going to be in heaven, and we know that we're going to see those kids. But we know that if we are in Christ, Whatever happens here, even if we don't understand it, God is in control. And he, we know that everything works for the good of those who love Christ. So we know that there's more to this. We know that there's a promise that if you are a believer of God, if He changed your heart, if you are born again, you are going to be resurrected and spend eternity with Him. And look, I don't know why this happened. I have no idea why this happened or why all this happens. I don't ever claim to understand or know why God allows such things. I mean, I can't even begin to understand this or, or even begin to feel like those parents. I mean, I think about it and it, and it just... It hurts me to think about, but ultimately I don't know what they're feeling. I can imagine, but I'm sure I'm coming up short. But in my lack of understanding of everything that's happening around me, everything that's happening to, to, to the people, to the kids, to the innocent, 
even if I like this understanding, I know that God is in control of everything. I know God's working out His plan as things come along, and, and nothing that's ever happening is because He's out of control, and, and we're the ones controlling things. And I know there's a promise for those who are in Christ. So rather than finding an understanding and rather than finding a way out of this, a way to feeling about this, we just got to mourn with those families. The same way we mourn with those who have lost their life because of our freedom, because they wanted to give us a good place to live, because those guys put their lives and those men and women put their lives on the line for us and have died doing so. The same way we mourn them, we mourn with those families who've lost every single one of those kids. We'd hurt with them rather than trying to find an understanding or trying to find a reason. We just mourn with those families. Because we don't mourn like the world mourns. Because we have a hope that one day we'll be reunited with Christ. We pray for those families that God may give them comfort. That maybe He uses the church. This is where the church is, is the means and the tools to bring the light of Christ. That He may use the church to comfort those people. But not in our comfort, but in God's comfort. So we pray for those families so they can be comforted. But even more, we pray that through this event that they may get to know and believe in Jesus. This is, this is what we hope for, that because we don't have an understanding and because we know that God's will is perfect, because uh, God has a plan, we know that even if we don't see it, in the long run, this has an, an impact on the, that community, those people that in hopes that in the future or now that they may come to Christ. Because that's ultimately what we want for every life in this world is that they know God and they are saved and be able to spend eternity in heaven because we know that's much better than being here. So we pray that this event is not just a wasted event, but we can be like, okay, God, I know you're not, uh, I know we don't see what's happening. I know we don't see what's going to happen. You know, this might have a ripple effect that maybe in 10 15, 20, 25 years, something comes out of it. We don't know that. God, we don't know, but I pray that does something comes out of it. We pray that even if it's just one life through this event comes to Christ. So we'll pray for them. We'll pray for this family. We'll mourn with these families. And I know that, you know, since... We use this weekend to kind of celebrate and party. But in the middle of all that, that we stop and remember not only those who have lost their lives for this country, but those who, who have lost their lives, the family of those who have lost their lives the last couple of weeks, just two weeks, and there's been three, two full attempts of killings and one Thankfully, only one died, but there's three in the last two weeks. 
There's three sets of families who are hurting from three different events in just two weeks. I'm not saying, you know, this is prophecy or nothing. We know that there's been mass killings throughout history. But I didn't live through none of that. I'm living through this now. And this is what's affecting us and affecting our family and affecting our kids and affecting our generation. So we pray for that. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library of sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Mm-hmm.